with like dismantled white supremacy or something along the lines of that. And I'm like, well, why can't we do both? Like if we diss them, you can't do that without dismantling another one. So I don't know. It's just like checking out the comments or like the tweets under it. And I'm like, okay, I'm really confused as to why people are agreeing with this. You know, like I, I know it's all in like well-mannered and stuff like that, but I'm like, dude, like just because we do one thing doesn't mean we can't do the other. Like we can't both simultaneously but that goes into the conversation of how everything is kind of intersectional when it comes to Mm -hmm. you know bigotry and like uh, hatred towards just about anybody you know misogyny has a lot to do with that you know has a lot to do with racism has a lot to do with you know capitalism and like all those things work together so I was really confused as to why like we couldn't do them all you know does that make sense that makes perfect sense and And when I saw that graphic going around, because I I felt like a lot of people were sharing it to be uh, two things. I think some people were sharing it to be too woke, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which, yes, we know that the root cause of this is is white supremacy. But at the same time, I felt, and actually, I didn't know how to articulate it. And I didn't know why that picture made me feel some type of way or that small graphic that you're right it was um they had I can't find it but they had stop Asian hate crossed out with yep. stop white supremacy right yep and again I, I couldn't really pinpoint as to why I felt like that wasn't the best thing to say at that time mm-hmm. and then I saw your tweet and you said well why can't we do both and they made me think exactly because if we were to cross out stop Asian hate, that's another form of erasure. Yes, it's part of this larger problem, but it's very targeted. It's very specific, right? So, and that's why when I saw that you said that, I just knew that you were the right person to have this conversation with, because I know that you see the larger problem Mm -hmm. that we're dealing with, but we also have to be very specific and focus on our Asian American Pacific Islander communities right now. So Kevin, welcome to another episode or I've lost count. I don't know what episode this is. I should have checked, but another episode of Coffee with Kenya. I'm so happy to have you with me today and diving into um, the violence that we, I don't want to say that we're seeing within the last two weeks, because I'm sure you've been hearing about this for a very long time. But more specifically, I think people are paying attention to the hatred that exists towards our AAPI communities. So we'll dive into that together. So thank you so much for joining me, Kevin. Um, Could you tell my listeners a little bit about you and just the amazing things that you do? Yeah, um, so I was born and raised here in Des Moines, Iowa, pretty much lived here for almost all my life. I moved away for a couple of years to Connecticut, but then we came back, my family and I. But since coming back, I've been really involved with activism and poetry, particularly through Movement 515 slash Run DSM. Very beautiful group of, you know, artists here in Des Moines that serve the community and the youth in particular as well. Right now, what I'm focusing on is uh, visual art or digital art, I guess you can say, graphic design. And I think I'll have a teaching gig here soon um, in Oak Park Elementary 
elementary schools um, to teach poetry. That's awesome. I think you're being humble. I think you're one of my favorite poets. I love your poetry. It makes it makes me feel so many different things. Just hearing you spit or just even reading your material. I'm, I'm very happy to have you. And I wanted to ask you, how have you and your family reacted or dealt with the recent uh, acts of violence towards uh, your community? So honestly, what was going through my mind when I, um, you know, first heard the news, um, the same day, I think my younger sister just turned um, 18. So it was like, I don't know how to mix feelings about like a lot of, you know, of what was going on, like what I was seeing. Um, a lot of it was like grief, you know, because I'm just like, I, I've never really experienced, you know, like a mass group of Asian people, you know, people that I represent, you know, be a victim of these hate crimes. Um, so it was like, yeah, I was like very sad and part of it, like I, I didn't know how to react. And then on the other hand, my sister, it's her birthday. Like, I'm really happy that she's still in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like that could have been her. So it was like, damn, like, do I even have time to like really grieve right now? No, I have to celebrate my sister's birthday. And like just the days following that, you know, uh, shifted towards like, what can we do? You know, how can we speak up? Mm -hmm. um, and then one of the homies hit me up, Vit, up and he was like, yo, we should do a vigil because I don't see anybody doing anything about it. And um, I volunteered to speak at a poem um, about Agent Orange. Um, and the Vietnam War and stuff like that. So when you said earlier that all of this is not even brand new, uh, yeah, it isn't. It's been going on for many, many years now, but you know, it, it's come to in, in a different way, in, in a very horrible way. You know, like I still feel like I don't really know what to say, like mm -hmm. even right now, you know, two weeks, three weeks fresh off of that with more hate crimes just coming to the forefront of the news and social media and whatnot it's like I don't know some days it feels numbing and then other days it's like I'm more aware yeah and I think that's so important to to mention that I feel like because of social media when something major like this happens when we see our communities be murdered right in, in such a large scale or e even if just one life is too too many that I think it's it's the topic of conversation. I would I, I'm gonna say 48 hours. It's a topic of conversation for 48 hours on social media. The businesses uh, from that specific community get a ton of support. Uh, I think people finally start paying attention to 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 the violence that our communities have been facing for a very long time. But I don't think we talk about that the aftermath is not 48 hours for us it's weeks, it's months, right? So we're specifically talking, and I, and I believe you're, you're referring to the uh, Lena spot shooting that took place where we saw eight members of the Asian community um, be murdered. And so that's probably old news for some people, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. probably forgotten. Unfortunately, we had another mass shooting in, in Colorado but it's not for for your family and other Asian American uh, families. So 
tell me a little bit more about the the thought that came to mind that that could have been your sister, right? I think that that's a thought that probably never goes away after seeing your your community targeted so much. Just the, the sense of not feeling safe in public spaces. Is that something that you're thinking about still? To be, you know, like quite honest, I don't really um, think about those kind of things, you know, because I believe and I trust my family that much that whoever they're with or it, even if they are by themselves, that they will take care of them uh, mm. themselves. But, you know, yeah, I mean, there's that little voice in the back of my mind where it's just like, I, I feel this way about all my siblings, you know, and even my parents, you know, my whoever is a part of my family or those that I care about. I'm always like low key worried in the back mm-hmm. of my mind that something bad will happen to them. But like, I don't let that fear control um, mm. my life per se. You know, I don't let that get like, I don't let that get in the way of, you know, us pursuing our dreams or like, you know, doing whatever work that we got to do, you know, I like, yeah, I mean, I just, I have so much faith in my family that we'll be okay. And yeah. So when back to the question of like how my family felt, you know, like part of it was like, damn, like, but what are we going to do next? You know, we're always thinking Mm. about the next move and, you know, not to like brag or anything, but you know, all of us being so, you know, like active, you know, on social media or even in the community and stuff like that, you know, we're always looking for ways to spread awareness yeah. of like what is going on in the world and like letting them in on or like letting people in on the grief or like the real feelings that we have, you know, it, it's not always grief. It's not always sadness. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is going to work the next day and not saying shit about it, you know, not saying anything about it, you know, because a stereotype of like Asians is like, you know, keep your head down and go to work, you know, like low key that's ingrained in some of us where it's like, damn, Mm -hmm. like, I don't even want to be home right now. I want to do something. I want to be out of the house to get my mind off these kind of things. I appreciate that so much because what I think what you're describing to me is not letting white supremacy get control of your everyday life, right? Like, because what they want to do, this is what I'm thinking of just hearing you say that, what their goal is to instill fear in our communities, right? And what you're describing is not letting them make you fearful, right? So I I really appreciate that, that that was like, like, I think even a learning moment for me, and I'll probably take that with me too. And and then going back to, I think some of the, a lot of the articles that I read about the, the most recent violent attacks on the AAPI communities have blamed Trump and his administration for, for instilling this fear. You and I know that this has been around for many, many years, but do you think, and I can probably guess your answer, but do you think he had a part in everything that we're seeing today? I mean, yeah, dude, literally said Kung Flu on, you know, on media, on TV. What, like, what more do I have to say about that? You know, like, yeah, come on, man. Like, (laughs) calling this shit the China virus and whatnot. Like, he played a huge part in it, but he's not the, he's the poster boy of that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people in the shadows that felt so compelled to come out after, you know, he said those things. But it's even 
like with our current administration, you know, it's like, yeah, we're not going to deport people, but we're totally going to do it anyways, because, Mm. you know, (laughs) it's, we're trading out, you know, a chain link fence for plastic. Yep. You know, like it's so like connected, but they present it in such a different way. Yeah. Republicans are like more in your face about it. And then Democrats are just like, hey, yo, like, let me just slide you like a cookie or something. Wow. Like, there's a note under it that says we're actually going to like break a lot of the promises that we made to the people. Yeah. And 100%. like a lot of people can come at Trump for, you know, de- deporting whoever, you know, that, you know, is deported and whatnot, you know, but like, I mean, Biden's administration is kind of doing the same thing too. 100%. And I think you it's a very, I mean? and it, it's just a different name. To the administration, but the the violence still continues to to the most vulnerable communities, right? Yeah. And so I I like that you brought up that we can blame Trump, yes, but this administration hasn't done anything to to address right the the xenophobic rhetoric that was present since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, so in my research, I found that there is a Stop AAPI Hate National Report that started tracking the hate crimes um, since the beginning of the pandemic. So when the beginning, when the pandemic started, let's say March 19th of last year to February of this year. So that was already counting for a new administration in there. They, uh, they found that there were over 3,700 hate crimes reported towards the AAPI community. And so we have heard of, possibly five within the last month or so but those are just a very small percentage of a much larger problem so because we know you and I know that this is a problem that can't be blamed on just one administration this is (laughs) this is a much larger problem right when do you think you became aware of this hate that existed towards the Asian community um I mean, me personally, I didn't really deal with that kind of thing, like, growing up, other than, like, this little white boy in, like, third grade calling me, like, Ching Chong every time I would see him. But, like, funny story with that is, like, I would see him, like, two years later at the new school that I went to. And I'm like, you remember that one time you said that to me, right? And then he was like, yeah, I'm, like, really sorry. And we actually ended up becoming, like, really best friends. But when I did move away, that was around the time where I did move away from Iowa. So when I came back, um, it was around like middle school that I was starting to get involved with like movement 515 or like not even getting involved with it, but like knowing about it because mm-hmm. a family member was a part of it. Um, and like, I don't know, like I just wanted to like know more and more and more. And then shoot, I guess I really don't know, like if there was like a specific like time, but I think it was really like in the beginning of getting into movement, I think during my like ninth or 10th grade year, you know, like I I knew about movement for a while, but I didn't like, Mm. you know, I wasn't a part of it until like high school. And then um, I took urban leadership um, at Central and the first unit was, I think, immigration rights. And Mm. um, a a lot of it was talking about, um, well, not a lot of it, I would say, I would say part of it, we would talk about Asian immigrants. And then that kind of like, you know, reminded me of my parents' story and then just like all these things that I heard about like the Vietnam War in particular or just like, you know, like 
all these like different regimes and stuff like that all these like very horrible things going on you know in like asia you know like way back when you know when my parents were trying to come over here yeah. you know what i'm saying so that's when i realized like yo this is like really deep you know what i'm saying even going back as far as like the chinese like railroads like the wow. fact that we know it as that it's just like damn like i feel kind of bad that that's mm-hmm. how it was taught to me like that that the chinese were the ones that were doing the railroads but didn't really get any kind of compensation for it and then now yeah. i'm like learning more and more and more things about you know like hate crimes against uh, the api community and i'm just like holy like shit dude like there's just a plethora of things that I wasn't even aware of and I was like pretty aware of pretty significant things already you know pretty Mm -hmm. significant um moments in history and I'm like damn you know like it's just um I don't know like I said you know like I have all these like feelings about it but I think the main thing that works for me is just continuing to um, do the work and mm-hmm. you know use my voice or use my platform for something greater than myself I think it's very powerful that you were exposed to all of that information when you did you know I think um, I feel like many of us don't have that opportunity sometimes to know or understand how did we get to this place right because we didn't get to these acts of violence overnight you know everything that you were talking about are things that happen so many like I want to say like too long ago because I don't think it was too long ago but uh, before our time right so I think I think it does help at least you understand that um, this is not surprising to you right when we hear these things like you you know the history and um, and it's a very dark and painful history for sure. And I'm curious, do your parents share what that was, what that era was for them? Do, are, um, do they share that much? I mean, like in the overall, like grand scheme of things, no, they don't really talk about their experiences. Mm. Like, I guess they don't really say anything that we haven't known already. Okay. Um, but, you know, every so often they'll remind us like, hey, we came here when we were like teenagers, you know, like we went to school, we went to work. Um, they, they tell me about the way like they, they met, you know, how life was over there back in Vietnam. Their journey like really has like just inspired me to keep going, you know, like it's just really crazy to me that, you know, even just not looking at them as like my parents, but like, you know, two people that wanted to go to a completely different land Mm-hmm. and think about raising a family so we can achieve what like they might have not been able to you know and mm-hmm. to think that far ahead you know into the future like just think that far into like like I don't like it, it's crazy to me you know like I, I I don't have the words for it like I'm yeah. stumbling right now but it's just pretty freaking inspirational if I have to say so yeah. myself no I get it sometimes it's really it- what they did was just too large to even imagine like just the magnitude of of the the sacrifice and the impact that they had. I want to go back to just that this is not new, right? That we've, we've been aware of the violence and, and one of the ways that I think different communities have failed uh, the Asian American Pacific Islander communities is through erasure. 
And so we started talking at the beginning of uh, that graphic that was going viral where they had crossed off the stop Asian hate and replaced it with the larger problem of, of, uh, that we're facing. Uh, but that was another way of erasing, right? That this was a very targeted attack. Um, so where else or how else have you seen the erasure of, of your community? What I really dislike, so I guess this, this can kind of shift into like the do's and don'ts of like activism uh, for Asian communities. Uh, I would just say like the, the model minority kind of thing, mm. you know, like I, I really don't believe in that at all. You know, it's really lost on me as to why that is a thing, because it completely erases, you know, the less fortunate or like, you know, Asian people that are in poverty, you know, which is like a lot of people you know what I'm saying like to assume that all Asians or like white passing Asians in particular the lighter skinned ones you know this idea that they're only the ones that can you know be successful or like make money or you know like thrive and stuff like that is really like no that's so wrong to me because like there's a whole community of Asian people here that need interpreters that need um you know, like more advocacy, you know, like they, they need people to represent them. And so often I feel like when we talk about the model minority, we forget those kind of people. Mm -hmm. um, are they not Asian too? Are they not immigrants as well? You know, I think because of the model minority, that's one of the main reasons why I think immigrant rights organizations or immigrant rights movements have erased the experience of undocumented Asian uh, folks or the AAPI community. So, you know, and, and that's, I think that's a shortcoming of mine too, because I got into activism kind of younger and because everything that I was exposed to was centered around the Mexican undocumented experience. And then I fought, you know, to dismantle that by saying, hey, Central Americans also exist or here. And, you know, I, I challenged that, but I don't think I challenged that enough because then my goal as a young activist, maybe I want to say almost 10 years ago, was to include my community, but then I still failed to include others, right? And so uh, in the process, I didn't realize that what I was doing was also erasing the experience of, of undocumented AAPI immigrants. And, um, and I think that continues to happen because um, under the Trump administration, um, I believe the deportations for Cambodians immigrants increased to 100, almost, almost 300%. You think we ever heard about that? No, like uh, you have, no, did you? Yeah. No. And so Not really, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is like literally the first time I'm hearing about this kind of shit. <laughs> You know, yeah. so like I have to do a lot of work as well, too, you know, like mm -hmm. at how much attention can we pay to like these kind of things, you know, these kind of issues. And yeah, I think it just goes beyond, you know, like one set, like group of people, you know, it, it is Mexican immigrants, it's Central American uh, immigrants, it's Black immigrants, it's Asian mm -hmm. immigrants, you know, like at like at every front, you know, like we have to try to like dismantle, like challenge all the you know, things that are going on, like, and like deportation, period, you know? Period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, when I was looking into it, like, you really have to look into it to learn that this is going on, the deportation of 
specifically Southeast Asians, are happening at higher rates than, than any other community. And so when I read the report of the hate crimes that have happened to our AAPI community, I can't help but wonder of how many have gotten on not reported because yeah. it happened to an undocumented immigrant. And so, so that erasure continues, right? So what would you say, so you touched on a don't, right? So we got to stop with the minor, model minority narrative, like yesterday, <laughs> it's long overdue. What would you say are some do's uh, for folks entering the space and wanting to, uh, to get into advocacy or just more supportive of, of the community? So before I get into like the good things, like one more like don't, I guess I have is like, yo, like if you're Asian and you're out here, like y'all was here for BLM but not for Asian people, shut the fuck up, bro. Like, I don't know if you're gonna edit that out, but like, yo, like- I won't. For, like for real, like shut Tell up, me more. bro. Like, Tell me more, what do, you, what do you mean? What I mean by that is just like, dude, like how are you gonna come at people for like advocating for black lives? Mm. but they get upset when you feel like not enough people are doing that for Asian people. Can you uplift like one group of people without mm-hmm. trying to like dismantle another one? I feel like I've said that word a lot. So maybe that's not the right word, but like, you know what I mean? Like to bring down like another group of people that have like nothing to do with this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the like, oppression Olympics. Yeah. Almost and I'm just like, like... We're, I'm, I don't want to play that. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I just seen like a few instances. There's this like one video, there's like one TikTok, and I'm just like, dude, like shut up, bro. Like, what are you even saying? Like, was you out here for BLM? Mm. Were you? And you know what? You the know, people like, that have the most, yes, the people that have the most are the people that are less involved. I'm I'm just making that assumption because I've also seen that in the Latinx community, whenever our community is uh, has been attacked or has experienced some sort of violent uh, hate crime, they always have to. There's a few. There's there's. I would say there's a percentage of us of our, our community that starts with the anti-blackness, and you don't gotta do that. It's unnecessary. It does not that. help us. It. It's so disruptive. Like it doesn't help anybody. Black and people actually, not the problem. It's white supremacy. Like why? Like you know, you're missing the whole point if you're like trying to point fingers or like yeah, they need to understand. White folks need to understand that. Like yo, it's not anybody else's responsibility. I think everybody just needs to understand that. You know, like you know, it's not on Asian people to you know, explain to everybody else what the fuck is going on or, you mm. know, like, and just to like bring other groups in there, like other racial groups into this kind of thing is like, yeah, like you said, a very anti-Black thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, dude, like, I, I just don't understand it. I don't. There's no correlation there at all. Yeah. It's unnecessary. I'm glad you brought that up because I do see that in the Latinx community too. And another thing, Another don't, actually, now that we're talking about don'ts when it comes to advocacy, you don't have to share these videos. I personally, I don't know how you feel, Kevin, but I like I feel it's it's disrespectful to be showing videos of somebody uh, being beaten or murdered. Right. We see that with, you know, with with uh, black folks and police brutality, some of those videos too, just brutality in general. I I don't like the spread of those videos because I feel like you shouldn't have to see individuals in that form 
to believe that this is a problem. You know what I mean? I think you should just believe that we have a problem. So just be mindful. I think when you're when we're seeing these attacks, just be mindful of the content that you're putting that can be very triggering. Any dues, any dues on your end. Do what you can, honestly. Like we all like have different things that we're like dealing with and we all have like different ways of showing that we care about certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, find your niche or like find whatever mm. it is that works for you and and do that thing you know like it's not a sport it's not a competition you know we're not trying to see who's more woke than the other person Mm -hmm. you know I don't I don't care about that kind of shit but it's like you know if you're on social media you know perhaps you could share one thing you know perhaps you could donate to a certain organization um or you know if you're an artist maybe you can literally go into community and like make a mural you know like community outreach I think is like the like the number one thing for me is like you really want to build relationships with people that you see um in your community you know and that could Mm be um you know what like whether or not you go to like dance classes it could be you know like poetry workshops it could be you know like art showcases you know what I mean like just find your community and like look to them you know ask them like hey how could I best like advocate um, mm-hmm. have conversations you know just talk just ask if you don't know how to do something just ask without like making it seem like oh my god like I don't know anything I'm so sorry like you're not stepping on any toes you know what I mean I think people who are getting into advocacy and like activism should be offered grace but like yeah understand at the same time like this is not like you know like a ball pit you know it's not all fun and games it's like actually very serious work and experiences that make up for me in particular you know my artistic you know like um experiences Mm -hmm. you know if I'm not living my life and seeing all these different things and I am not an artist yeah you know what I mean but that's my niche you know what I'm like I I I can make a graphic or something you know do something visual because I'm also like a very visual learner too whereas like you know me I won't be so triggered by watching a video of you know, somebody getting harmed or attacked because I've kind of been desensitized to that, you know, Mm. I'll admit, I definitely agree with like, you know, just being mindful of like the audience that you share um, with other people. It it is very triggering to see like somebody that looks like you or that may look like you, you know, like go through very horrific things due to hatred, you know, at at the root of it all is like very hateful things that are happening. But like, you know, like you don't have to post every day you don't have to prove to anybody that you're an activist, you know, just like speak up every so often and be like, yo, like, I, I hear y'all. And then to do mm-hmm. the work after that, um, yeah. give people the credit, give people the credit, honestly, like, we there, there's enough to go around for all of us to be acknowledged and to mm-hmm. um, help others out, you know, it don't have all the spotlight on you, I would say. That's my do is my do is don't do certain things, <laughs> I guess. Um, <laughs> I like it. We can we can take it. We can take it uh the way that you're you're putting it down. So I'm gonna end it. You know what? I there's nothing. I think you said it perfectly. I think you I think you brought so much wisdom and truth to this conversation, Kevin. I appreciate you so much. Um I know you have some very exciting things happening uh as it relates to your art. Thank you. Thank you so much. Like honestly, like yeah. Um, extremely honored to be a part of this. Thank you again.